It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford and welcome to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency Advanced B2B. Advanced B2B helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who can help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now joining us today on the show is Tim Solo, CMO at Ahrefs and we're talking about the amazing story of how Ahrefs got to plus 50 million in ARR with plus 65% year-on-year growth by ditching expert advice and embracing unconventional wisdom. The Ahrefs story is nothing short of incredible and they seemingly came out of nowhere to take on heavyweights like Moz and SEMrush in the SEO space. So I caught up with Tim to hear what they did. Turns out they ditched best practices, ignored expert advice, and instead they used a simple approach with some unconventional tactics. For example, they don't have Google Analytics installed on their website. They don't do retargeting. They don't do A-B testing. They don't have a product marketing function. They don't have a single salesperson. They have a 50-person company-wide hiring limit. They make you pay to try the product. They even encourage you not to sign up for their trial on their homepage. Now, in this episode, Tim explains why and he also opens up on what they do, including their marketing strategy, their content playbook, and how they were able to take on their big competitors. I guarantee you'll get a load of takeaways, ideas, and inspiration from this episode, and make sure you stay tuned to the end where I'll be giving some special shout-outs to a few of you listening right now. So here is episode 53 of the Growth of Podcast with Tim Solo, CMO at Ahrefs. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome Tim Solo to the show, who is CMO at Ahrefs. So, Tim, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth of Podcast. Thanks a lot for having me, Edward. Yeah, and I'm really excited about this episode since we're looking at how you have flown past 50 million in ARR and achieved over 65% year-on-year growth by ditching expert advice and embracing unconventional wisdom. So to start things off, why did you decide to ignore the so-called best practices and expert advice when it comes to B2B SaaS marketing? To be honest, it's, it, it wasn't like a conscious decision that, okay, here's like uh, as SaaS marketing advice or SaaS growth advice, but we're not going to buy it. We're going to ignore it. Uh, it's more of like happened naturally. So uh, since I joined the company around five years ago and uh, I was in charge of marketing, I started working on things that required my attention, like rewrite the homepage, publish some blog articles, talk to influencers in the space, blah, blah, blah. At the same time, I was like everyone else, uh, reading uh, about SaaS marketing, about marketing in general, and making a list of like a to-do list of different marketing strategies, growth hacks that we could apply to uh, I don't know, multiply HF's growth or whatever. And what I realized is that there are so many things that I, I should be doing now that I know that are effective and they work and they are helping us that I just couldn't find time to impl- implement those other uh, growth hacks, analytics, study everything, A-B test everything. And uh, at first I didn't have uh, enough resources. So I had to uh, hire people to like to help me with the blog, to help me with the videos, et cetera, et cetera. And as we kept hiring people, 
uh, and we never hired anyone to take care of like A-B tests and analytics, we realized that we are able to grow uh, without actually uh, taking action on a lot of the common uh, SaaS, SaaS growth and SaaS marketing advice. So that is how it happened. It was kind of natural. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. And following from this, you don't do things like retargeting. You don't run A-B tests. And I don't think you even have Google Analytics installed on your website. So, so why not? Yeah, we don't have Google, Google Analytics. Uh, at first, we removed uh, Google Analytics as well as Facebook Pixel and everything else when uh, the GDPR thing happened, when no one was sure, like, what are you now allowed to have on your website? What are you not allowed to have? What kind of data can you store or, like, pass to third-party websites and whatever? Uh, but then uh, our CEO uh, decided that uh, we are not going to bring those scripts back for other reasons, uh, for, uh, like, our philosophical reasons. Uh, so we think that uh, we don't want to give extra information about our users to those powerhouses like Google, Facebook, etc. So uh, our users might not appreciate if we if we do this. So we don't want to do this. That's that's why we don't we don't have retargeting. And other than that, we just don't think retargeting uh, is a good marketing practice. Like for example, I personally hate it when I visit some website. Uh, I'm not necessarily visit, visiting it as a customer, but maybe out of interest or so, some friend wanted to show me something and then ads from that website start stalking me everywhere I go. Uh, this doesn't feel good. And we, uh, we didn't want to position HFs like that. We didn't want to stalk people with our ads just because they visited our page once. Uh, so that's our stance on retargeting. But generally, yeah, it's, uh, we, we don't want to install those third party scripts because we don't want to share the private data of our customers uh, with uh, those uh, big uh, internet giants. Right. So these are some of the things you're not doing in marketing. So let's look at some of the things you are doing. So what is your marketing strategy? Can you tell us about your philosophy, how you approach marketing and some of the channels and tactics that you focus on? This is a very good question. And uh, our marketing entirely uh, revolves around our product. So first and foremost, uh, our marketing department is kind of actually merged with the product department in, in a way that we like marketers are the ones to, well, actually we have a marketing tool. So marketing department is actually the first users of our tool. So we understand users perfectly well because we use the, the tool ourselves. And then marketing department also bridges the gap between uh, team teams uh, at HFs that actually build the product and our customers. So we, we study the niche, we study the industry, we, uh, study what our customers are doing with our data, with our tools. We talk to them, we come up with interesting feature ideas. Uh, we pass them to product team. Uh, the product team then uh, thinks of those ideas from their angle, from the technical angle and comes up with other things. So first and foremost, the, uh, the purpose of marketing department is to figure out the market and explain to the product team like what's happening to the market and how we can contribute to the market with our tool. Because if you, if you understand the market right and if you give the market what it needs, that, that's all your marketing. People will buy from you and people will talk about it because you just nailed, uh, I believe this is called product market fit. So uh, one of the, the purposes of marketing in our company is to make sure that we're continuously are in the product market fit and we're nailing it. Uh, other than that, the goal of marketing is to 
bring people to our website. So anyone who is interested to uh, who is interested in things that HFs can solve for them, solve for them. Uh, anyone who is having any SEO-related questions or issues, if they go and search for that SEO-related issue in Google, we have to be there to help them if we have a solution for them. So this is uh, this goes back uh, to our content, content marketing. So we publish a lot of content on our blog. We publish a lot of content on our YouTube channel. And we try to be there whenever people are looking for some something SEO-related. We try to collect all those searches uh, to ourselves. But then again, when we create so much educational content, we're not only attracting people who are searching for it on Google or YouTube, we are also educating our existing customers. And when we are educating our existing customers first, we make them stick longer because the, the better they know our tools and the better they are at, at being successful with our tools, at achieving their goals with our tools, the longer they will stick with us because they get value from our tools. And then there's the word of mouth part, because if we make our customers successful, if we teach them something that improves their business, improves their marketing, or improves the traffic to their website, they will go and they will, they will go and tell their web their friends about it. So essentially by educating our customers on how to use our tools, how to use HF's tools, we're helping them to educate their friends on how to use HF's tools, uh, which amplifies word of mouth. So this is more or less uh, how uh, how our marketing works at HFs. Yeah, this is really cool to hear. And so it's not just about customer acquisition, but customer retention, which of course is critical when you have a subscription-based model. And as you said, the product plays a really central role in a lot of your marketing. So could we dig a little more into this? And could you tell us about how you actually do product marketing at AHRefs? Uh, we don't really have any separate thing like product marketing. We just have marketing. And like I said, our marketing is uh, centered uh, around around our product. So I'm not even sure how to answer this. <laughs> well, I think that gives us a lot of insight into how you actually view, you view products and marketing. I think this is super good because I know a lot of SaaS teams and marketing teams would actually have a separate product marketing function. But to hear your view on that you don't see it's necessary is, is actually really interesting. And I think following from this, the other crazy thing is that you have a 50-person hiring limit at Ahrefs, which of course forces you to be very resourceful. So to give some context, how have you structured the marketing team? Uh, yeah, our, our marketing team is quite small. I think it's 10 people. Uh, right now and uh, four of these people are working no five of these people are working on the blog because other than writing amazing articles for our blog we also need to translate our blog to four different languages and we have a separate person taking care of that uh, we have uh, three people working on our youtube channel uh, so this, this involves the person who is recording and scripting videos this, this uh, involves a person who is uh, uh, doing the editing and this uh, this involves the person who is doing the animations. We also have a dedicated designer in our team. And finally, we have uh, a lady who is in charge of uh, swag and, uh, and uh, sponsorship of conferences and such. So yeah, very small team, but <laughs> very efficient. Yeah, for sure. And I think it also gives an insight into the fact that you don't try to do everything. There's so much marketing teams can focus on, but you've clearly decided on specific channels and tactics that you're going to focus on and just double down on those. So that's super interesting. And I know that you focus a lot on the customer and you've spoken about that already. And I think that's where good marketing begins and ends. So how do you build that customer research and centricity into your marketing? 
for us, customer centricity is uh, it comes natural. We don't do any anything specific about it. We just genuinely interested in our industry. So every person who writes for our blog, they have SEO background themselves. Uh, I myself, when I just joined Ahrefs and started doing started doing marketing for Ahrefs, I enrolled into all existing uh, SEO communities, be it on Slack, be it on Facebook, be it on Reddit, and I was just following what people say, participating, uh, answering questions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So everyone in our marketing department is a uh, deep in the industry, deep in the trenches. Uh, so we don't need to do any specific research. We don't need to schedule any customer interviews. We, we don't need to do any of that. And yeah, we have our support team who uh, continuously reports back to product team, like any common issues, any common questions that we're having. So we have a pretty, uh, pretty good feedback loop and we have a pretty good bridge between our customers and our product team uh, thanks to the marketing department and thanks to our support department but we don't have any, any specific uh, workflows related to studying our customers, doing research or anything along those lines. Right, that's really good to hear. And I know marketers and SaaS marketers in particular are famous for tracking a bunch of metrics and KPIs, things like CAC, LTV, NPS, and loads of other three-letter acronyms. So what numbers or number do you follow? We follow the number of uh, paying customers and we, we watch how that number is growing over time. So month over month growth or year over year. In the same way, we, we track our annual recurring revenue, uh, like how it is growing month over month. And that's pretty much it, to be honest. Uh, at times, whenever we release a, a specific uh, feature, especially if that feature is related to revenue expansion. For example, recently we have released the, uh, the ability to add more users to your account for, uh, for a flat fee. So you can add, uh, add more users, I think, for $30 per user. And obviously, we would be tracking how many, how many of our paying customers have added users, how many of them added two users, three users, etc. But this is very local uh, and like uh, feature-specific tracking. And we, we only do that to understand if something we have released uh, is uh, performing as expected or not. But we don't, we don't get too, too sciencey, too, too technical about it. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And most SaaS companies, they have a freemium or a free trial go-to-market model, but you actually have a paid trial. And I think you're the only SaaS company I know that offers a paid trial. So it's $7 to try Ahrefs for seven days, which is super interesting. So can you tell us more about why you made this decision? <laughs> yeah, the, this is a, a very popular question, so much so that uh, on a new YouTube channel that we've started, it's called SaaS Marketing Vlog. I recorded an entire video about it. <laughs> so I think it is like that video is like 15 minutes long. So I won't go into 15 minutes of explaining everything that like all the thought process that went into uh, coming up with the $7 trial. But the TLDR version of that is that, uh, first of all, HF's trial back when we had, I think originally we had two weeks uh, just for entering your credit card. So you didn't have to pay anything and you had, and, and you could use uh, HF's for two weeks for free. And people were heavily abusing that. So we realized that we have like two times more people uh, on uh, active on trial than we had 
paying customers, which was a lot. And we realized that we need to uh, have some kind of paid gate so that people would have a little bit of a hard time and they, they would need a small investment to be able to, to start using Ahrefs. And so we introduced a $7 trial. Uh, it was Dmitry's idea. I actually initially offered him like, should we do, should we charge at least $1 to without people who, for example, use fake credit cards or whatever to like, to have a smallest barrier to entry uh, and try with it. But Dmitry said, let's do uh, $7, $7 for seven days. And when we rolled it out, of course, we were uh, afraid that people would stop uh, trying out Ahrefs, that this trial would uh, repel them, the, the paid trial would repel them from uh, trying trying us out. But no, uh, the skies didn't fall. People kept signing up for Ahrefs, keep, people kept trying us out. Uh, and the thing is, we yesterday we have uh, released a new homepage. And on that homepage, I think we are the only SaaS company that I personally know of that is advising against signing up for the trial because what literally our homepage is saying, and this is uh, a quote, it comes as a quote from me personally, is uh, it says, don't spend $7 on Ahrefs trial until you understand how our tools will help you grow your business. And the thing is, th that phrase comes from my interview with Pat Flynn so I was doing a podcast interview with Pat Flynn and after an hour long conversation, he said, okay, Tim, now it's your like time. Uh, you can pitch Ahrefs, tell people your call to action, where to go, what to do. Uh, should they go to hrefs.com and sign up? And what I said is, no, I actually don't advise people who are new to SEO, who haven't heard about Ahrefs before to go and sign up for our trial because they will be lost. Uh, what I advise instead is to go actually and browse Ahrefs blog go to YouTube, find Ahrefs, uh, Ahrefs YouTube channel and browse some videos to understand what Ahrefs does and how, how it helps you, how you can improve your SEO with the help of Ahrefs. And only then you will decide if you even want to sign up for our trial or not. And so we decided when we were rebuilding our homepage, we decided that uh, it's a pretty nice approach and that we should use it on our homepage. So we're actually on our homepage, we're advising people against signing up for a $7 trial unless they consume some of our educational materials and they understand how to use Ahrefs so that they would be able to get the most of their $7 uh, and seven days. That's so great. And it just makes so much sense when you explain it. And I've watched the video and it's really cool. So we'll add a link to the show notes so everyone can check that out after listening. But uh, I think uh, you seemingly came from nowhere to take on competitors like Mars and SEMrush. So from a marketing standpoint, can you tell us how you approached taking on your more established competitors? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> this is a great question and I never actually thought about it. So I, five years ago when I, when I joined Ahrefs, I, I, I don't even remember what was my thought process in terms of uh, being stacked against uh, Moz, SEMrush and others. If I remember correctly, my position was I understood that our technology is superior. So we, we have, we have better tool. We have better data. People uh, trust our data more, but our marketing was lacking because most were masters of marketing. I, in fact, myself, I learned SEO and marketing uh, by reading most blog, by following Rand Fishkin, watching his uh, whiteboard Friday videos. So I understood that most has pretty 
pretty awesome marketing. They they were a huge brand. SM Rush, I think five years ago, they also weren't as big as they are today. So I didn't really saw them as a big threat, to be honest. So yeah, uh, the general idea of uh, going against uh, bigger competitors, more than the SM Rush, was that the understanding that our technology was better, that people, like if people were... Uh, could compare, could sign up for both tools, play around and compare the data, the quality, the the interface, they would eventually choose Ahrefs. So to be honest, marketing marketing Ahrefs was easy because of, for like for a lot of reasons, uh, hopefully objective because I cannot be objective by definition because I'm an employee of Ahrefs. But for a lot of reasons, people consider Ahrefs to be the best tool on the market. And my job as a marketer was to amplify those strong sides of HS, these strong sides of HS, and make sure that we are reaching as many people as we can with our message. So that's how it all went. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. And I also heard that you experimented with an affiliate program, which, following from this previous answer, is something I think SEM Rush has built out quite nicely. So, what happened there, and why did you decide to close it? Yeah, uh, it's not that we experimented with the affiliate program. Five years ago, when I joined Ahrefs, I inherited the affiliate program that the guys were that, that the guys started and were running before me. But again, uh, it comes back to priorities. It comes back to the the team that I was building and the things that we were focusing on. Uh, building out affiliate marketing has never been our priority. Our priority has always been content, 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 uh, coming up with great feature ideas, discussing them with our product team and then creating content to help people understand and learn how to how to use those new features that we are adding to our interface. This was our main priority. So uh, our affiliate program was sitting there passively. We, we didn't even uh, announce it publicly. So whenever people were reaching out to me personally and saying, like, Tim, can you sign me up to become an affiliate? I was signing them up, but we didn't really follow up with them. We didn't offer them any special deals. We didn't uh, help them promote HFs, nothing. And so by looking at the stats of our affiliate program, I realized that uh, even though over the, over the few years we sign up like a few dozen people passively, uh, only like three to five people were actually bringing us any sales at all. And with other people, uh, the the actual effort, the actual time spent signing them up and answering their questions was basically wasted, if you think about the revenue, because uh, there were like other uh, good benefits of networking with people in the industry and that, but in terms of direct revenue from their affiliate account, uh, there was no sense signing them up. So we stopped uh, signing new people. And then last year, as we were moving uh, our billing to some new billing server, the guys have developed some new billing server, we, we decided that we no longer want to support our affiliate program, so we discontinued it altogether. All and yeah, as you, as you mentioned, uh, SMRush, they have a big affiliate program. This is a huge channel of customer acquisition for them. Uh, and it was actually another reason why we decided that it didn't make sense for us to develop our affiliate program because SMRush were giving out 40% commission to their affiliates which was a huge sum of money. And I, I'm not even sure how they make profits uh, on those accounts that their affiliates are selling, because as far as I know, they also have a sales team. So they need to also cut out 
the the sales commission from from the packages that they're selling and how much is left uh, of the profit from those accounts accounts that are brought by the brought by their affiliates and then you have to pay to the affiliate team who is actually managing all that and then you have to spend money on uh on on the affiliates themselves because they do uh, different events where they like uh, do some like good things for their affiliates I don't know. We decided that we cannot really compete with that, and we we never even tried. So we just discontinued our affiliate program and and, and never regretted it. Yeah, that's super interesting to hear. And uh, I think another really cool thing you did, which also doesn't sound like a best practice or a growth hack in B two B SaaS marketing, but something even outdated, was sponsoring coffee cups at an event. So tell us more about the coffee cups you sponsored at Brighton SEO and the impact it had? Yeah, uh, so Brighton SEO, as far as I know, it's the biggest SEO event in the world, uh, uh, at least in the observable universe, <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, last time we, we were at that event, there were 4,000 people. This is unprecedented for uh, SEO only event. And uh, yeah, we totally wanted to get involved. We totally want to, to go there, meet some of our customers, network with people. Like I said, we, we invest a lot of effort and we think it's very important to, to talk to your customers, to, to stay in touch with them all the time. And personal connection is obviously the best one because things that people will tell you when they, when they are talking to you in person uh, are things that you won't really hear like on Twitter or in chats or in Facebook groups, etc. So we wanted to get involved with Brighton SEO and we uh, asked them about their sponsorship packages. And we like, because this is such a popular event, because there's so many attendees, most of the sponsorship uh, options were already taken and they offered us coffee cups. And we all were like, hell, why not? It seems cool because a lot of people would be drinking tea, coffee, and they might be holding HFs in their hands. Uh, but then we decided that uh, because we're not the kind of guide, guys who would uh, put their brand everywhere, we decided to do some kind of subtle thing. So instead of printing our logo on the cup and uh, touting the benefits of HREFs, like sign up for HREFs, blah, 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 or even giving, I don't know, coupon codes, like get 20% discount after drinking coffee and signing up for HREFs. We didn't want to do any of that. So we just wrote the word coffee with our kind of uh, branded font that uh, resembled our logo. So people who knew about HFs, they could instantly see that the, the coffee was sponsored by HFs. And on the other side, uh, someone had an idea. I, I don't remember who it was. Probably it was even crowdsourced from our community on Facebook. Someone offered that we could uh, take the keyword coffee and print some SEO statistics about that keyword. And then our, our CEO, Dmitry, uh, suggested that we actually use the design of that uh, nutritional facts table that you have on a lot of products that you buy in supermarket. And we would, inside those nutritional facts uh, table, we would put the SEO metrics of the world coffee, show how many people search for it in the UK, because this is where uh, the event is taking place, uh, show what's the keyword difficulty of the keyword coffee and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was a huge hit. A lot of people were tweeting about it. It and I myself tweeted about it and I even uh, decided to run some ads on my own tweet, uh, which made the tweet, uh, I think it was top three tweet with the hashtag Brighton SEO. 
So we uh, invaded the, the conference uh, with our coffee cups quite successfully. Yeah, I think this is an amazing story and it was all over my Twitter feed that day. So it definitely worked. But I think to wrap things up and before we jump into the closing fast five questions, I'd love to ask if you had to summarize why your marketing has been so successful, what would you say are the three most important reasons why? So the, the, the first most important reason and probably the primary one is the product. The fact that uh, Dmitry himself and uh, the entire product team is very user-oriented. So they constantly listen to what customers are saying. They listen to what uh, people from the marketing department are saying. They listen what people from the support department are saying. They process it and they uh, try to come up with the actual features that people need. Uh, this, this helps us create a product that uh, virtually sells itself. So a lot of people, a lot of people sign up for HRFs just via word of mouth, and a lot of bloggers that are uh, talking about HRFs and recommending HRFs in their articles. You know that they do it genuinely because we don't have affiliate program. We're not paying anyone to say good things about HRFs. So yeah, number one thing why our marketing successful is the product. Uh, like it's not even the product itself; it's the kind of convergence between product and the marketing. It's the fact that we don't have walls between the marketing team and the product team. We communicate, we, we ask for opinions from each other. And I think this is why uh, the actual product is very easy to sell. Uh, the second thing is education because you can build the, press, the best product in the world. Uh, but if your product is complex and you, uh, you don't educate your users, you don't give them easy easy to consume tutorials on how to use the product and how to be successful at it, your product will flop. And I think I had this epiphany uh, in the first year when I joined HRFs and they had uh, one of these Wacom tablets for uh, drawing on your computer. And my wife has some nice drawing skills. So I uh, asked Dmitry if I can take the Wacom tablet home uh, and uh, my wife would play around with it to see if she, if she wants to have one of these. And when we connected this Wacom tablet, I, what I did, I went to YouTube and I tried to search for Wacom tutorials and they, and they saw a lot of great videos with like tips and tricks on how to use it and how to draw uh, in different styles and blah, blah, blah. And then I had this epiphany that a lot of people after signing up for HFs, they might be doing the same thing. They might be going to Google, they might be going to YouTube and looking for tutorials on how to use HFs, on how to make the most of the tool uh, that they have just signed up for. And this is when I understand that education should be like the one of the primary drivers of marketing. Uh, and then, yeah, education, uh, but it doesn't uh, really help if people cannot find your articles. So we, we decided to uh, walk our talk. And because we are an SEO tool, we decided that our main acquisition channel should be SEO because there's so much search demand. There's so many people around the world looking to solve their SEO problems. They're looking to learn how to do keyword research. They're, they're looking to learn how to do link building, how to do their SEO audits. And we started creating tutorials uh, for them so, so that then when someone searches in Google or YouTube for any SEO related issues, they would find our tutorials. So yeah, three things that made our uh, marketing successful is first, the product itself, making sure the product is uh, aligned with the market and that the product is evolving uh, in the right way. Second, the education, teaching, teaching our customers uh, to be successful with our product. And third, SEO, 
being there whenever someone around the world is looking for answers to their ACE related questions. Yeah, this is really good advice. And I think all people listening can take this into their own marketing team. So getting marketing to work super close and unite with product, educating the, the market and then becoming an expert in your industry and field. So I think three really good and concrete takeaways from this discussion among the many great takeaways. And Tim, I have to say this was super good and we could actually move to our closing questions and our fast five challenge. So to wrap things up, I will ask you five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> great. So first question, what is the one book you would recommend other people to read? Uh, this is a hard question uh, because I don't want uh, people to uh, to hate my suge suggestion eventually. So if you ask me which book I enjoyed reading lately, uh, lately I've been reading uh, two books. One is titled Bitcoin Billionaires and another one is titled uh, Accidental Billionaires. One is about uh, how Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook. And another is another one is about how Winklevoss twins uh, banked hard on uh, Bitcoin and bought a lot of Bitcoin and became billionaires eventually. So those books are pretty fun to read, pretty entertaining, uh, and uh, as well they have some interesting ideas uh, to ponder about. But if if we're talking if we're talking about recommendation, as in like some uh, some I don't know staple book that you have to read as a marketer. I'd, I'd go with uh, a safe bet, some kind of classic like uh, Robert Cialdini, Influence, or perhaps even uh, a like more fundamental one, uh, uh, How to Influence People, How to Influence and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, I believe. So those two books are an absolute must read. If you haven't read them already, uh, you should. Nice, some good recommendations there. Uh, second question, a SaaS company you love and why? Uh, to be honest, I, I struggle to answer this question because I don't really fall in love with uh, SaaS companies, but some companies that I have a lot of respect for, or even some founders that have a lot of respect for, uh, one is Nathan Barry from ConvertKit. So he was able to build his company basically from starting as uh, a designer and then uh, a person selling info products. And then eventually he started ConvertKit, ConvertKit uh, email marketing software and the way he was growing it and uh, uh, the, the software itself. Uh, I really like what Nathan is doing. Another, another software that I respect in terms of the software itself and the marketing uh, that they're doing is Intercom. Uh, if you ask me why, I, I actually struggle to struggle to uh, give you reasons. Probably the way they they position their brand, uh, the visuals, and like it's just my perception of the brand. I happen to like it for some reason. One one, one specific thing that I can uh, talk about is I like their books. So if you if you search for Intercom books, uh, you'll see they have some fancy PDFs, but they also have a physical book. Uh, I think it's called Intercom on Starting Up. Uh, it is very well written, very well produced. So uh, I advise you to, uh, I think it's it costs something like 10 or $15 or something. Just, just go find that book, order it, uh, and uh, I'm sure you will enjoy the experience you know, getting a physical branded book from Intercom. Yeah, really good recommendations. Uh, third question, favorite place to read about marketing online? Uh, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of good stuff there. 
Uh, fourth question, I think you kind of answered this already earlier on, but the, what's your most important growth metric you look at? Yeah, the annual recurring revenue, number of customers. But even then, uh, an interesting thing is the other day I was having a lunch with uh, Dmitry. I'm reminding this is our C founder and CEO. And I asked him if uh, ARR is some kind of ultimate North Star metric for, I don't know, marketing department that we should uh, optimize for and that we should uh, grow at all costs. To which he said that uh, he's happy with how our annual recurring revenue is growing at the moment. Uh, and uh, he doesn't really want to sacrifice or do any risky things uh, or put our brand, uh, put uh, our credibility at risk for the sake of growing revenue by another like 1% or half percent. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we don't have any pop-ups on our website where we would try to ask for people's emails. This is why we don't follow up with people if they cancel our software. Uh, uh, but we, we, we won't like stalk them and ask them to come back. And this is why we don't do a lot of marketing tricks, a lot of marketing growth hacks uh, that could possibly improve our revenue. Uh, but people would start probably uh, liking our brand a little less. Yeah, this is super interesting. And I actually want to do something I've never done before. And this is actually ask a follow-up question during the Fast Five. And I want to ask, do you only do self-serve revenue or do you also have a sales team? Yeah, it's 100% self-serve. We don't have any salesperson. Wow, that's super interesting. Super cool. Um, okay, and then the fifth and final question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers? Uh, build your own thing. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I would say that uh, the reason why Dmitry hired, I, I don't remember if, if we discussed this with him, but I think one of the reasons why Dmitry hired me is because at the time I was uh, building my own business. I was uh, building and selling premium WordPress plugins. And what I realized throughout my career is that I've learned so much more about internet marketing when I had to build and sell my own product, uh, I, I wasn't able to learn so much in like five years prior to that uh, compared to how much I learned in one year trying to bootstrap my own online business. So yeah, if you want to get better at marketing and you feel that at your position in a company, uh, you don't have enough freedom, you don't have uh, enough influence, Try to build something on the side. Of course, if your company allows you to have side projects, try to have people pay for it and you'll have a lot of epiphanies, trust me. Yeah, amazing advice. And Tim, I have to say, this was a phenomenal discussion and I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the Growth of Podcast. Thanks a lot, Edward. I had a nice time talking to you too. That was Tim Solo on how Ahrefs got to plus 50 million in ARR with plus 65% year-on-year -year growth by ditching expert advice and embracing unconventional wisdom. Now, before I go, I just want to say a big thank you for listening to the show, and I want to give a shout-out to a couple of people who've left a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. So first to Irina.dzh in Bulgaria, who said this is an excellent show for the sassy individual. It's filled with insights and wisdom. Edward talks to some fascinating people in the SaaS space. A must-listen. And also to Rud Rud from Denmark, who said, practical and clever, love the straight to the point style. So thank you both. And if you want a shout out, 
leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and maybe I'll be reading your message out next time. Now, as ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different